eat my shorts. <laughs> it's America's shortest podcast. <laughs> Pod people. I'm a rich pervert who likes to play games. Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets and my tummy hurts, but I'm being so brave. I'm being so brave in this hell jacuzzi. Hi, I'm Tetsuo the Irony Man, a.k.a. Tetsuo the Alabama Slammer, um, <laughs> Cleveland Mosher. Oh, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast that you're listening to. Thank you for <laughs> for being here. We're we're here, uh, yeah. Ben. Barely, Ben. We're here. Yeah, we're doing something that we haven't uh, that we haven't really done before. This week was Ben's choice. Instead of doing one feature length film, uh, Ben decided to curate a little uh, shorts showcase for yeah. us. A little yeah, my shorts is, showcase. This is something that I I floated the idea around, and I was originally planning on doing it like late next year. Um, however, I saw this short movie, uh, Lake Nowhere, and I was so impressed that I was like, I gotta cover this on the podcast. It's only 50 minutes, so I went ahead and picked another short, um, a great Shinya Tsukamoto short, uh, Haze, and we're gonna back to back them. Yeah, we're gonna back to back. Uh, do we want to talk about these in the order that we watched them? I definitely have more to say about Lake Nowhere, I think. Other way around for me. Okay. Yeah, I think the other way around for me, too. Let's talk about Lake Nowhere yeah. first. Chronological. Um, yeah, we watched that one first. We did just watch these back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Lake Nowhere, 2014. 50 Minutes, as Ben said, directed by Christopher Phelps and Maxim Van Scoy. I had never heard of this. You just stumbled upon this on Plex, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the free Plex. Yeah, I, I went on basically blind and... I was super impressed. It's a super low-budget short that kind of has this 80s slasher vibe to it. It's like a, an 80s pastiche. They make it seem like a found tape of sorts, um, including fake trailers and uh, a beer commercial at the beginning. Yes, um, that was actually some of my favorite stuff in in the the movie as a whole. Same. I think, yeah, um, I thought the the trailers were uh, were a little bit conceptually tighter than the actual uh, short. Yep. Yeah, it's like you say it's it's like in it's sort of like an '80s slasher, but it's like it's like really early '80s. Like it still feels like it's coming out of the tail end of the '70s. Yeah, um, like very much stylistically of the same kin as something like the first Evil Dead movie. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that really impressed me with this, is even though it's super, super low budget, it feels more authentically 80s than a lot of, like, throwback stuff that we see lately. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like it's trying to sentimentalize the 80s particularly, or be like... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, joke, joke, you know. It plays it fairly straight. Yeah, yeah, it does. The The trailers at the beginning are are much more comedic, I think, than the actual sure. yeah. thing itself. I agree with the authenticity thing. Uh, I, I think especially in, like, the style of the filmmaking, I think they really nailed that. Um, the budget shows at times, especially with stuff like 
I don't think anybody's clothes actually look like clothes or haircut really looks like they're from the era. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, but the people themselves that don't really feel like they're from the eighties. But, but like the the can like the camera work, the 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 aesthetic, like all of that. I feel like they they really uh, they really nail it. Literally at times. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's true. Literally. Well, should we start by talking about the the shorts and stuff that preceded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one we see is a fake Giallo trailer. Um, I can't remember what it's called. The river runs red, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> I thought it was a really fun and clever little throwback. You know, it has nice little freeze frames with someone saying, you know, single Italian words. Yes, um, very classic Jalo trailer. Um, Sangre. <laughs> yeah, I thought that one was fun. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than yeah, it looks like a Jalo movie. They yeah, they it. got the super bright red blood and stuff. Yeah, and um, then we cut to uh, a great beer commercial, Wolf's Wine or something. White Wolf. White, White Wolf. Wolf. White Wolf. Um, which is funny because the, uh... Wolf's wine. I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, they have the beer later. Yeah. <laughs> the well, that's, beer that, is that's what I love is, like, they brought that same fake beer into the movie, mm-hmm. um, which is a nice little detail. Yeah, it sort of reminded me of, uh, the top of Tropic Thunder with all the ads featuring the cast. Yeah, that, that stuff is cute. I like that. I, uh, I kind of, I kind of wish that they had done... The next one as the full movie, The Harvest Man. Yeah, yeah that's the one that I. That's that the sick. that's the movie that I want to see. Yeah, same. It's silly enough. It's still camp. You can you can see all of its influences, but it's a little more original than just another Lakeside Killer. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit more going for it, and I think yeah, I thought it was fun and exciting. The comedy was pretty good in that bit too. I like. Yeah, that, the that giant, part. the giant corn. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's because it starts. Uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's it's shot as a trailer, so it's it's pretty short. It's probably what like four or five minutes. I want to say it's, if it's that. Like a, yeah, three, it's like a longish trailer. Three minutes, and, I would guess. Uh, uh, you know, it starts with a lab outbreak. Goo gets into the. There's the, some kind of plant water. monster. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We 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 travel down the drain to the farm over, and uh, there's a there's a guy who's. Again, just like a farmer. Yeah, once again, like, that's probably the first time in the short where we really reveal uh, the era. Because, like, the farmer guy is, like, he's trying to do, like, a, a bit where he's like, well, I'm just a farmer. But he's, like, 30, and uh, he has, like, modern tattoos. Are you saying farmers can't be 30? They can be whatever age they want. But, like, it, it doesn't, he, he's doing a bit like he's an old farmer, and, he you know, his, yeah. his grandpappy was a farmer, and... The rest, and it, that that's where it starts to feel, especially again with like with like modern tribal tattoos and shit. Like it starts to feel a little like student projecty, um, but like that's fine. You know, I, I no hate against that. Just kind of how it how it looks. Um, but there is a really good bit where all of his plants start growing, and so yeah, we see the scientist. He's like, "Yeah, the soil's really rich here," and we we cut back to him, and he's holding a giant ear of corn. Yeah, always funny. Uh, good prop humor, and then uh, we see him win at a. Uh, a pumpkin contest and he's got the biggest pumpkin and they're like what's your secret <laughs> this is the funniest thing is it's just i don't know i water it <laughs> <laughs> i like the the little the the little uh like newsreel thing it does where you see like the different magazines and newspapers he's in and he's 
on the one magazine, he's just holding like two giant carrots, doing like kind of a like, like a, a shrug. shrug. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, I get here. Yeah, and that's all cute. And then yeah, of course the plants come to life and start murdering and eating people. Yeah, there's some really that's... cool shots where he's like walking through the field and like live plants are following him yeah. on both sides. Yeah, they just got fishing um, wire on. His yeah, face. it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like this stuff. I really, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to, I want to see a, a, a full-length version of The Harvest Man, I think. Yeah, um, it's it's much more high concept than, uh... Than Lake Nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Lake Nowhere itself, which is still very good. I, I think, uh, again, you know, I think what really impressed me is it does something very simple, but I've seen a million terrible slasher movies. Yeah. And this one at least comes at it you know having zero budget you know with like inventive camera work and like creative callbacks throughout mm-hmm. it's a lot um, of love it yeah shows. yeah yeah no i mean it's the it's it's, it's a it's a high level of craftsmanship on on a low budget for me i wish it was a little bit more original yes. and i wish it had a little bit more focus because i think like it gets it gets so lost in like trying to like just be like a collection of of 80s horror pastiches that like it sort of like lacks a grounding like it can't quite decide if it wants to be Friday the 13th or like Evil Dead and I think that juggling that, that's a little bit well, clumsy yeah, it, for it's, me. It's trying to ape the past so much it doesn't have a voice of its own. Yeah. And, yeah. And in that, like... No, that's well said. Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking for a little bit. That, that's pastiche. Like, in each sequence, is, like, it's all relatively predictable, especially from the outset. Like, it, it really had to kind of pull me back in. Because um, it did, I think after those, like, quick cut, fun, goofy trailers, it did sort of lose me for a it little bit. It slows down a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, and, and and what does happen? It's a bunch of teens at a lakeside cabin. One of them goes out to go swimming, though the water's really cold. One of them goes to walk their dog and looks at a tombstone. Some of them are cutting wood. The guy at the lake gets attacked. He gets pulled underwater by something in the lake. There's something watching him. It's all tropes. It's all like tropey, trope, trope. But then... Very Friday, yeah, all um, that all that stuff and, and then is even, very Friday the 13th. And even past that, it's like, okay, you know, they have their drinking montage that, again, is... Just a drinking montage. Like, they don't do anything that creative with it. They play a drinking game that's, you know, like, stand on one foot and grab a bag. Okay. Well, that's, just, yeah, that all game. that all goes on for a little long, Yes, I it think. does. And then the guy comes back who is drowned in the lake. And I uh, love that sequence where they're all doing their own thing. Like, the couple is having sex. The girl is showering. All of that. And, you know, it kind of cuts on a dime. And it's really weird the way it's shot like it jerks over to the darkness outside and you can't see anything Mm -hmm. and it kind of cuts to slow-mo of all these different characters like at the same time hearing a weird noise and slowly coming out yeah well and you're seeing a lot of stuff from like the the we know there's like a masked killer in the woods and there's there they do a lot of like p o v stuff and he's like very Halloween yeah he like he's watching the couple having sex and he goes to a different window and like watches the girl in the shower and you know so he's like he's circling the house and then yeah they have 
the the guy who's drowned show back up and he's all like blue the the makeup really looks like um uh like the the zombie makeup in dawn of the dead yeah that same kind of like like grayish blue uh sort of like zombie makeup did y'all notice that when the mass killer is watching them his head is upside down Every single shot yeah. of his eyes is always upside down. I could not figure out why that was. Yeah, but all yeah. the close-ups, like, of the full-body killer are just his head as normal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and, like, all the POV shots of him looking at them is right side up. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what they're I don't know why the, I, yeah, the... I don't the... think that idea was really flushed out. Maybe, I mean, I thought it maybe was... Maybe I just missed something, but... I... The first couple of times I thought that they were just doing something stylistic. I thought maybe yeah. he was like an owl and he was like on a branch upside down or like a possum, like <laughs> hey, watching them. That would have been cool. Yeah, I, I think so too. Cool, like yeah. a bat? A bat well, really his, would be his the, mask the creature. Is, I don't know why I went to possum before bat in a horror movie, but you get what I mean. A, a possum man would be fun. I haven't seen that before. I've seen I've seen millions of Batmans. Batmans. Uh, but I've, I don't think I've ever possum seen a possum man. man. You know, yeah, I, uh, I could go well, for a good Well, he did play dead. Man. In the movie, he played possum, right? Uh, yeah, so. themes. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the 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 friend who who we saw drown comes back in. They're like, oh, he's he's probably just he probably just took a bunch of acid before he went swimming. Like he just needs to sleep it off. Because like you said, he sort yeah, of it looks like, like a fucking ghoul. They're yeah, like, whatever. Yeah. That's that's you know silly shit. Like, oh, he's I will, fine. I will say, even though it's low budget, I like. How creepy he looks with the water, completely buck naked, mm-hmm. dripping with water, you know, even with this Dawn of the Dead-esque yeah, the, paint. It looks... The, the, li- the lighting yeah. in the camera work does a lot of, yeah. of like, good mm-hmm. heavy lifting there. But um of course, inevitably, he gets back up and he's evil. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, it doesn't happen at that pace. We have to go through the whole thing in steps, you know. We cut back to the other couple making love. It's later in the night. The creature is watching them some more. Someone gets up and they hear something weird. And the guy is 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 eating the the dog. Fozzie. Fozzie. Good name. Uh, and uh, and she has to. She like hits him with a bottle or something. And tries to get away. He grabs her and he starts smashing her head against the wall, which is pretty well done. Yeah. Um, and I will say I I do kind of like that she's the the first one to really you know get violently attacked because it seems like. She's gonna be our lead, and yeah. Ostensibly, she is kind of yeah. Um, um, so to see that happen to her so early, she does get pulls the rug out. Yeah, she she does get fucked up first. I I think they they missed the opportunity uh, for a good joke because like as he's like banging her her face into the wall as like progressively getting faster and faster like we cut to the couple who was having sex earlier they're asleep and like the girlfriend wakes up and she like hear the like banging and she like wakes her boyfriend up like what is that and i thought for sure because the banging is like getting faster and faster and faster and the zombie dude is going like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." a bit there yeah i was expecting i was expecting them to be like oh just go back to sleep that's just that that's just uh stacy and Derek, you know fucking or whatever uh but no they instead they get up and investigate immediately i was like what you missed the opportunity for perfect perfectly good (laughs) sex joke come on 
but yeah, I, I, I do, I do like that. Like after, um, they get him off of her. Like one of the other ones shows up with a gun or something that he found um, in the cabin a couple minutes earlier. Right. Um, I, yeah, I forgot that he just found nice the gun set. in the cabin. Yeah, and then he just. Before in the party, he's just like pointing it at people jokingly all the time. And so then, then we get this um, this sequence that I, I wasn't really fond of, where like the whole group is panicking for kind of a belabored amount of time, and they're trying to figure out what to do next. The guy can't find his keys, etc. Um, and it it highlights something like I see in a lot of like found footage movies as well. Where, like, the actors are clearly ad-libbing a little bit, and, like, they're not... I mean, this whole... Most of this movie, the dialogue felt improvised to me. And they're ad-libbing, and so... And they don't really know how to conclude, so it keeps running back, and they keep repeating themselves several times over. And also, like, the tension is supposed to be high, so they're all just kind of screaming at each other on loop. And, uh... It's not that bad. And, like, people in a real scenario that's chaotic would be doing that. Like, there was an argument to be made for that. Sure. It's not really what I want out of a movie. But, like... It's... I thought that was fine. That didn't bother yeah, yeah. me at all. It's just something that, like... I thought it highlighted, like, something I've seen a lot of times before. But, no, it's it's really not Yeah, that I mean, bad. they just... I think they have reason to be uh, screaming. They just saw, like, one of their friends bash another friend's head to bits against No, it's not really... Just, it's the just wall. how they belabor it. I yeah. Think. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, like, they do just kind of repeat themselves, because, like, again, like, most of this dialogue feels pretty improvised, yeah. Yeah. um, and I think that's sort of, like, another just, like, issue that the movie has with, like, pacing, because, like, the whole thing, like, fake trailers at the beginning included is only 50 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And multiple parts of, like, the actual lake nowhere feature feel longer than they need to be and like i it just it just kind of feels like at times they didn't quite have enough material to like flesh out their runtime so they kind of just like let certain things go on for a little for longer than they need to this may sound like a cop-out but I feel like that's kind of authentic to a lot of slasher movies of the early 80s. You know, like, especially the early Friday the 13th movies, they really pad out a lot of the runtime. You're not, you're not wrong, but also, like, that's a problem with those movies, sure, right? Like, it doesn't sure. make it more fun to watch just because sure. it's authentic. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, authentic, it's authentic to a fault. Yeah, know, in in that in in that particular case, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I I do really like sort of like after they calm down a little bit uh, after yelling at each other, like one of the guys goes out to like bear like bury the dead dog, um, and I like that kill sequence a lot where the the killer comes up and that's the first time we like really see the the killer like full on like it's mm-hmm. dark you can't really tell the big super guy well. in burlap big guy in burlap okay. with some kind of like weird homemade mask on his head some um feathers tree like bark. feathers and tree bark and stuff like that you see later in the daytime that's sort of like a like a bird like an owl kind of mask um 
cool design. I, I like I, it. Owl, you know? Yeah. Upside down. Um, I don't think owls actually hang out upside down. I don't know why Khalil <laughs> said that earlier. I didn't. I said possum. Before that, you, you said, said owl. owl you said owl, and then you said bat, and then you said possum. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, I, I love this kill because... Uh, like he like picks the dude up with like a shovel and is like holding him against the tree and the dude manages to break free and runs and then immediately clotheslines himself on the actual clothesline that he's, that he he hangs up earlier, earlier. nice little setup and payoff. And then the killer uses the clothesline to like wrap it around his neck and hang him up from the tree. And then his... Like his weapon of choice, I guess, just kind of like a sharp, rusty piece of metal. Like yeah. it's not like a, a I, knife or a machete or anything. I, I thought it was a machete that just had like the the end of it broken off. I it doesn't just look it, might as well. it, it doesn't yeah. look like yeah. it has like a handle on it. Like it looks just like like a just rusty a piece of metal. It's like a rusty piece of metal. But he he disembowels the the guy while he's hanging up there, and like all his guts fall out. And I thought that was a pretty yeah a pretty classic funny. effect. Yeah, uh, I will I say all the lot. practical effects are really great yeah the, very good you know. yeah clever. Yeah. You can see the strings a little bit, but in but a way fun. that's charming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. is that is that is a a classic sort of reference and something that adheres to the style that always works well seeing the strings can be fun like the dude later who gets just like cleanly decapitated in one go that's probably the funniest thing and they've got the shot i mean that that's a great shot it's a very goofy effect but what i what i really love is the shot after that where it's shot from behind him where his body is still up like kind of like dancing around while like his neck is his neck hole is just spraying blood and you can tell because for just a second you can see his actual head that he's just like bending his head down so and they have like a fake neck coming out the the neck of his shirt spraying blood i love the shot right after where it's like on the ground where his head and body fall and the just the camera splattered with blood Mm -hmm. you're shooting through it yeah you get this like bright red filter it's very fun yeah um and you know it's clear that like most of their budget just went towards effects which I mean, Great. if you're going to make something like that, like, that's where you spend your budget. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, the film's other faults aside, like, that's the kind of stuff that makes it worth it. That's what we're here for. I can forgive the kind of anachronistic clothing when, you know, the the kills are, are fun and creative. Like, that's that's all I really care about. One of the other guys, since they couldn't find the keys to the car, he decides he's going to figure out how to hotwire the car. Yeah, and that's I, that's the dude who ends up getting decapitated like we were just saying. That's before that. I love the shot where uh he opens up like the underbelly of the car to hotwire it and he's like just the red and white cable. And he yep. opens it and it's just a mess of like a thousand different cables. Uh, he does manage to hotwire it pretty quickly though after yeah, that. Surprisingly. <laughs> car sequence is cute uh you know we get another homage where they run the the monster over they look back behind him and he's his his body is laying there and then he does a jason and sits upright and then uh they try and hit him again he's on the roof of the car he stabs through the roof and hits her through the head <laughs> um all we got pretty standard stuff the, the car hits a tree looks pretty good she, the girl wakes up and we see the, the the killer has grabbed the corpse of the other girl and he's you know got her mm-hmm. on the ground um so then she 
runs four feet right back into the house, which is really funny because like the car, the car, they're driving for a while. Like they're trying to get away. They're zooming around. She crashes into a tree and you think that they're like a good distance from the cabin, but she just in the same shot, she walks from the car right back into the cabin. It doesn't feel like it's played as a gag. It just feels like it wasn't really well set up. Like, yeah, I'm wondering, I feel like they could have done it as a bit, like if they'd, they'd reinforced it a little bit I'm more. I'm wondering like, if it was just cut weird and we're supposed to believe that the killer like drove the car with them in it like back to the cabin afterwards. Because like when maybe. she gets out of the car, you can't really see like if the car is like crashed into the tree from like the angle yeah. that it's at. It, well, it's, so, it's just, it's, yeah, none of it's very well telegraphed. So it's, it's kind of hard for, no, it's, if, if it is a bit, it doesn't, it can't really land. I don't, th- I don't it's think just, it's a bit. I think it's, I think it's, it's either just I'm like an, generous, an oversight yeah. or it's just clumsily cut. Um, yeah. I did Which think it, like, it, you I did think it was pretty funny though that they're driving for a while. You really can ramp that up and then have her walk four feet from the car to the house, and it's funny. One shot that I really did like is when she's like hiding, sort of off to the side. You can see the killer in the house, and he's like dispatching like the naked zombie dude, and he like comes out of the house carrying the naked guy over his shoulder and he's like dragging one of the other bodies behind him and as he's coming out the hatchet falls out of the the forehead of the zombie guy from over his shoulder and she like runs around behind and like picks up the hatchet and that's all done in like one shot i I really liked that i also like that she she picks up the hatchet she looks at it for a second and then throws it down on the ground and i was like what and then it just immediately cuts to her picking up like the fire axe out of the log where she and her boyfriend were splitting wood before yeah um, he was teaching her how to properly use an axe mm-hmm. yeah and she just was not just ignoring just it not doing the, it the just previous scene. well i mean that's 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 set up for what i do think is is probably my favorite gag in in the film which is like as the killer is dragging all these bodies down to the lake she comes after him with the axe and is like, hey, fuckface, I'm going to uh, drive this axe into your skull. And he, like, turns around. He's, like, coming towards her. And she raises up the axe. And it does, like, a punch in. And we see that her uh, her upper hand is, is choked up underneath the head of the axe. Just like her boyfriend told her to earlier in the movie, which she wasn't doing. You know, so she can do the follow through and it just does like a dramatic punch is like, ah, she's going to she's going to do it. And then the killer just grabs her by the (laughs) by the neck and just like stabs her under the jaw. (laughs) He just like grabs the axe and throws it down to the side. Um, Yeah, that was that was a very like fun, clever little gag. Yeah, it's well set up. And then we cut to kind of the, the finale of sorts. And this is where the movie gets kind of cosmic horror-y. Oh, did we mention the the nail? Um, we did. Oh, because that is kind of important for the yeah. setup. Um, the the girl who has her face eaten by the lake zombie guy uh, at the beginning. They wrap up her or face. Smashed. Smashed. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Smashed against the wall. Um, they wrap her face up with toilet paper. She looks like a mummy. Yes, she looks like <laughs> a like a mummy, and uh, she gets up again later and is like walking like a mummy, like trying to feel around. While the zombie guy's still out on the loose, and the zombie guy grabs her and he hits her head against the wall, and there you see there's an exposed nail. Yeah, it's a nice shot. It's well done, and it you know bops her, and then she falls over. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, 
fast forward to the end, the killer has gathered all of the corpses and laid them all alongside the lake. On and he's putting line. little, like, carved tokens on their eyes. Yeah. And dropping them one by one into yep. the lake. Carrying okay. them out into the lake. A sacrifice. Yeah, the one of the, the, the same girl uh, who got her face fucked up, uh, like, earlier in the movie, when she's, like, out walking her dog, she finds, like, some old tombstones in the forest and, like, reads one, and one of them is, like some kind of like ritual or something here lies Um, old guy from 1800 and then uh, some some poetry about blood offerings yeah so like as the killer is like laying all the bodies into the lake like he turns around and she's the last one and she's like sitting up and she recites that that same like ritual or spell or whatever it's supposed to be that she found on the tombstone and the killer just kind of like turns around and he walks way out into the lake and gets pulled under by a bunch of hands that come up. I love that shot with a bunch yeah. of like these uh, hands that are like painted like black, black and yeah. just pulling him down. Um, yeah, it reminded me of... Um, that that uh, African movie we covered a while ago, Saloon. No, nah, man, Saloon yeah, was great. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Yeah, uh, it reminds me that, and I mean, obviously, the the Friday the Thirteenth uh, reference is pretty on the nose there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then like she gets up and like then walks out into the lake. She has a thing first where she like sort of like touches the water and she gets like a I like that like a split second shot of just like a screaming face yeah like fa- like it's like the the water is like a portal to to hell or something yeah it's yeah. like and it, it, it's it's done like uh the film has been like scratched or something like the the audio on it is is like analog distortion mm-hmm. and, and it, it like it, it's good it, it's kind of spooky kinda the startling. sound the sound design in this movie is very well done the i music think too. the music mu- the music's the best part yeah. I, as far as i'm concerned I agree. um just like the 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 score in general, and then it, there's there's a number of like like actual original songs in the movie as well that I guess they got one of their buddies to do or something. Um, uh, yeah, on that in a second. Uh, the White Wolf song in the in the commercial jingle at the beginning is just a one. That's great. I have to point that one out too. For sure. Um, so uh, then she goes out in the water and dance. Yep. No. And looks directly at the camera. Oh and yeah, and then we get a the freeze a freeze frame of the lake know, nowhere. Usually, like looking at the camera is kind of hokey, but like no, I right think it works it. well. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. I think it's a it's striking image with mm-hmm. like her face all coming yeah. up and her almost smirking into the camera. Mm-hmm. And the credits right. crawl up from the bottom. Uh yeah, and then there a song plays. And I I didn't like that song. I thought I, I almost did, uh, but the it was it wasn't really sung so much as it's one of those things where he's doing like a Nick Cave where he's trying yeah, to do like they're... a cool dude yeah. voice. But whenever he does try to like, you know, like he, he mostly speaks, but whenever he does try to start singing, he's completely off key. Like, yeah, and not like doing... intentionally. Yeah, they're doing like a, he's doing like a dancing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't super work. Again, I, I really like all the like score of, yeah, the, of the film. Apart from that, um, like no notes on the music. It's yeah, really it's, it's really good. Fun. You know, one one thing that they that they kind of do towards the beginning of the movie that I wish was sprinkled a little bit more throughout is like they they set this whole thing up to feel like sort of like you mentioned, Ben, like that it is uh, 
you know, a, a VHS that somebody recorded from like a a, a television show yeah, or something, it's right? Like bootleg. Right, it's like at the very beginning, like as it's leading to the commercials, like you see some some sort of like clips of stuff that has been recorded over, you know, that used to be on this tape. Um, and like through the, the, the commercials at the beginning, the previews, they sort of like fast forward a couple of times, you know, like the person's like trying to like, mm-hmm. uh, like cutting the recording um, to save tape or whatever. Yeah. You get, like, an early sneak peek at, like, the White Wolf commercial yeah. in the middle of the... at the beginning. Yeah, and then a couple of times, like, early in the actual film, it'll just, like, every now and then, it'll just sort of, like, kind of jump, and you'll see just, like, a little brief bit of what has been, like, recorded over, and I loved that stuff, and they yeah. kind they kind of abandon it. They like, really do, and and I kind of just I would love more of that yeah. shit because that that really adds to that kind of like authenticity. And like the little bit that we do see, I found kind of abstract and and disturbing. It's like a weird skeleton. Costume. It looks like it was something that was being filmed at like a costume party, but like it's kind of degraded and it's devoid of context and it's very dark. And so it's like you can't really get a good sense of what it is and I just found I found that stuff like very striking and unsettling and yeah. I and I wish that that was sort of interspersed more throughout the movie cuz I really I really like those little those little flourishes. I agree. Another small touch that I appreciated, one of my my first jobs was a projectionist in a movie theater where uh, I was one of the last places to have 35mm projection. I didn't have to change out every single reel, but you still have to watch for the reel changes because that's where things could go fucky-wucky. And so, like, the reason I mention that is because they usually run for about 15 to 20 minutes. And I notice a lot when when movies try and ape a traditional footage style um, that they just kind of throw cigarette burns willy-nilly. And I will say this movie actually places cigarette burns at those right times. And I, I got to give some credit to that. I, I, I marked it. I was like, oh, that's about 20 minutes in. That's when the reel would change. And they had a cigarette burn there. And I like that. So I, I, do, have to, I do have to give a small bit of credit, credit that, to that. That brings me into an, an interesting uh, talking point for this movie. It's like, obviously this movie was shot in 2014. Mm-hmm. And they kind of digitally... Yeah, made it look old. I think they did a good job of it. I was gonna ask. It's high. What what do you think about it? It's high quality. You can tell that it's a that it's a digital after effect. Yes, Um, but it's a good one, and it's fun to look at. It's, it's yeah, one of and the that's more all I really give a shit about. Feeling yeah, I I agree. Like like I said at the beginning, like I I think that like in terms of like the filmmaking style and all of that stuff, like they really, really fucking nail it mm-hmm. in, in like every regard. Like it does feel very authentic, authentically like a film from the era that they're trying to, you know, pay homage to, um, it's other problems aside. Um, again, like the costumes just do not look of the era at all. It's like they kind of tried, but they didn't really have a budget for costuming. Yeah. So it's like they you, put their budget to the right place. Right, exactly. Put your put your budget into the the fucking uh, like goofy gore effects and stuff. That's where it belongs. Yeah. Y'all, do you want to rate this and move yeah. on to the next one? Three, three, three and a half for me. See, uh, when I first saw this, I was really hot on it, and I gave it a four and a half. I think, you know, after talking about it and seeing it a second time, I'll take it down to a four. 
Uh, I still really like it. Absolutely. I think, uh, again, for such a zero-budget thing, it definitely punches above its weight. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. All yeah. right. Well, that'll give Lake Nowhere an average of three and a half out of five. And now we move on to our second film of the evening. All right. So our second film that we're talking about is uh, a 2005 short by uh, Shinya Tsukamoto, uh, legendary J-horror auteur, uh, most known for Tetsuo the Iron yeah. Man. Um, and Tetsuo the Bullet Man. Did he do body? Did he do all of those, or did he just do the first one? Okay, yeah. Um, Um, Arrow put out a great ten film collection, and it's crazy how many movies they pack on each one. Disc one is like the first three movies. I think. I think Tetsuo the Iron Man is only like seventy minutes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we're talking. We're we're talking about Haze, Mm -hmm. uh, a film he made in two thousand and five. That is. not, very, very cube-like. Yeah. Not to be confused with that Bioshock-esque first-person shooter from 2005-ish also. Not the one with, like, the bees and the pollen and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that everyone's forgotten. No one remembers I was going to say, what the fuck are you talking I about? Haze. Um, yeah, so Haze, uh, it was actually originally commissioned as a short film for a Korean film festival. And originally the festival cut was about 25 minutes and the version oh. we watched was the uh the director's cut okay so the director's cut runs at about 49 minutes so it's almost twice as long I, yeah i'd be curious to to know what they cut like you were saying it's very much a cube like movie yeah man with amnesia wakes up in a hellish industrial labyrinth doesn't know how he got there, doesn't know where he is, has to try to to get out. Um, but instead of it being a cube, it's like just a, a series of incredibly narrow crevices and tunnels and stuff. It is extremely claustrophobic. This is probably the most claustrophobic film I've seen since The Descent. Yeah, and uh, I love how it's shot. With that. Me too. So, this piece I feel is like so good. This this movie, while I feel like narratively it's a bit thin, yes. I think this movie's strength is in how much of a sensory experience it is. Yeah. Agreed. Um, That's all my favorite yeah, stuff. Rather than taking like a God's eye view at any point in this movie, you are constantly up there in his face with him and the main character is actually played by Shinya Tsukamoto oh well oh sweet um, I didn't realize that yeah. that's cool um so it's definitely you know him in yeah a tight you were space. you were up in there in his face with him there is there is uh not room for the two of you in there either no <laughs> but well, you're in there with him we open with the shot of him in like it's almost like a human-shaped uh, hole. Yeah. Like a long hole. It reminded Was me of... Was it made of, for him? It, well, exactly. It reminded me of that Junji Ito um, story. Yeah, that's his um, hole. It's made yeah. for him. <laughs> um, and he sort of slides back into it, much like well, the Junji Ito. What's cool is, 
from beginning to end, they do an amazing job of playing with uh, disorientation in space. They take careful steps to reinforce that we are looking at this sideways. And then suddenly our character is moving upwards or down in space, and we realize that we were inverted the whole time. And it's one thing for, like, an amateur filmmaker to just shoot from all these crazy angles and make you feel disoriented. It's another thing to really place the rug before pulling it out. And this movie just keeps nailing it throughout. Like, the sense of space is so well and carefully established in those tight, confined environments, which is not easy to do. Um, and then to then to invert the space and to make it feel like we're flipping around in these like tiny sets is impressive. It's really impressive. So I love it. Like yeah. when we we at first you think that he's um, he's lying down in the space, and again like the on either side of his head, which is where we start, it's just a it's a block. But then yeah, it opens up around yeah. his shoulders and his arms. Well, we don't see that until the camera kind of pulls back. Um, sort of as he's feeling it, we we see it. And then the slab he's on starts moving, and we think it's pulling him down, but really it's kind of pulling him back. It's it's really neat, like, and it's it becomes kind of hard to tell. Yeah, well, I don't think he's like laying on a slab. Like it looks like something is pulling him backwards because we get like he's the shots. We get like yeah, I think he might be in a chair. You're right. Like he's we get the shots of like his ankles or his heels like dragging on the ground like as he's being pulled back. And you can't like again, you can't get a good sense of the space. So it's like you don't know what's pulling him back. Um, yeah, they they intentionally play with spatial awareness all the time mm-hmm. in this movie. And I think the reason it works so well is because well, one of the main reasons is the sound design. Yeah, the sound design is so tactile. Um, you know, I think especially paired with this like harsh digital grain mm-hmm. of very dark spaces and you know concrete everywhere, the grain almost makes everything feel like sandblasted concrete, so to speak. Where yeah, it feels very uh, gritty, and you know that's mirrored in the sounds where. You know, we constantly see his feet or his hands scratch up against the concrete. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look like it's ever smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I I love I love the lighting too because it's like everything is always just like softly ambiently lit. There's no there's never any visible light sources and there's nowhere for light sources to be. But it's just like you can he can just see like a few feet around him before it like falls off into darkness. Mm-hmm. And I love just like that that like where is where is the light coming from? Like it's just like the walls just kind of secrete it. I yeah, I well, love, it's, I love it's how it like looks. that thing where if you're in the darkness for long enough, you start seeing your surroundings a bit. Yeah, uh, kind of. It almost feels like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's a very it's a very hellish uh, environment. Um, yeah. it, it almost reminds me of like uh, it, Jacob's Ladder uses that kind of lighting from time mm-hmm. to time as yeah. well. Reminded me of that. Um, also, speed ramping like Jacob's Ladder. Um, yes, a little, a little more subtly than than Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, there's the the camera is like all handheld in this, so like it moves very frantically. Um, and there are like a, a few times like later on when he sort of like sees through the wall, like other people, um, just like 
naked dudes just like rubbing themselves down very forcefully. It's like a fucking like something out of Yukio Mishima's nightmares. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, it's his personal hell. I I I do like that stuff. They don't do like the speed ramping like too quickly. It's just like quick cut handheld camera. You know, it does kind of feel like it's just glimpses that he's like seeing through these like holes in yeah, the wall. Yeah, and it's like bodies writhing and like hands against flesh contorting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's very again tactile. Yeah. It feels. I want to break down some of this sequentially because like I love the sequencing. I really, I really, really love it. Um, like, well, it's almost built as a series of vignettes. Yes, in a way. Um, and I want to touch on. Sure. So uh, I want to, well mainly the first one because I, I think it's I think it's the best. I, I don't I don't necessarily like doing like thing like thing comparisons, but this really to me feels like Cube meets Saw and. Uh, those are two films and genres that I really love, and see, and I think that it it takes so many of the elements I love from both and puts them together. Mm. Uh, this person navigating this strange, foreign, and hostile environment as traps, yeah, and um, uh, and and from a need to like prove themselves and to like carry on through like the human spirit, you know, and yeah, in this in the first one, he wakes up and he's upright in a very thin and long space um, that barely can fit his body. Oh, that's a couple in, but that was still the most memorable. And he is facing a... And his teeth are clamped around, like, a a large drain pipe. And, uh, like, just big enough for his jaw to fit around. No bigger, no smaller. Mm -hmm. Like, just the most uncomfortable size it could be. Um, And it's clear that, like, he has so little room in that to move that he can't actually turn his head far enough to the left or right to take his mouth off of the pipe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at his feet are spikes. And at his hands is barbed wire. And so no matter, like, he, he can't actually rest his legs. He has to be on the tips of his toes. Um, like, like some sort of Spanish Inquisition fucking torture device. Yeah, it's, it's really galling. And I was trying to crawl out of my own skin i was like the dudes rubbing themselves down like yeah. later on in the movie I this was, whole part was fucking crazy i, I was, was just like so like just i don't know the word for it yeeked you know i was so yiked. visceral yeah, yeah like it was it, it got me good yeah and uh and it, the audio is perfect too because he realizes like okay if i stay here I will just gore my feet on these spikes i will die i have to move yeah and so he starts moving to the right and we also see that the pipe is not Clean, you know, like, uh, cleanly no, cut. No, it's, it's segmented together. Yeah, and so, like... So, it's... like, at those joints, it widens a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's already, like, pretty much as wide as his jaw can go. So every time he gets to one of those, he's having to, like, strain to, like, open his jaw just that little bit more to get past that that mm-hmm. bulge. And the and whole course, time you have the sound design that sounds just like nails The on sound the of his board. teeth yeah. scraping yeah. on the pipe, yeah. and that's what really got it's me It's relentless. The and it's, yeah. it's, it is it's perfectly... It's awful. It's yeah. awful, it's relentless, but it's not constant. It's, it's musically terrible. All the little... Yeah! Like, all those bits are... It's always coming at just the perfectly wrong time. Like, it, it's really impressive how much work they put into making that feel uncomfortable uh, and generating discomfort. 
At least for me, it sure did that. Oh, absolutely. And then, and he keeps making his way down down this passage, like that, just shuffling to the right. And then he pivots his head to the right, and as his eyes adjust, um, again, with that really nice use of lighting you were talking Mm -hmm. about, Tease, he sees... It just dead ends with where the pipe meets the wall. Yep. He's fucked. <laughs> he has to go all the way back the other way like that. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it was so I was already like like done. I was already like 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 ready to like leave my skin as a skeleton and just prance away. Yeah. And then he looks over and it's like, "Oh, we have to do it all over again." And he does. And, and he, he does goes all the way back down. Amazing. And like, he gets really well done. And he gets to the terrifying. other end and he sees that blessedly there's a space of just like a foot or two where the pipe ends and there's some space before the wall. So he's able to finally get down there and, and get his, his mouth. Feet. There's no spikes. There there's either. no spikes. There's no barbed wire. He gets his, his, he's able to get his mouth off the pipe. He's able to sit there. And then he sees there's like just slightly above him. There's like a, a sort of like narrow window kind of thing. And he starts hearing like a sound coming from the other side of it. <laughs> And all of a sudden, just like a big mallet just like comes through the the window and just starts bonking him on the head. Repeatedly. Just repeatedly. Just like over he's just letting himself get like bonked on the head with this mallet. I'd be real, the first thing that went through my mind watching that scene was that'd be me, I'd probably just let it. Like I mean that's what he's doing. He's just yeah, standing there letting I, it just and I like get fucking, it, man. Like, he just went through all of that bullshit and, like, just to be greeted at the end with this hole in yeah. the wall that just, like, where just a mallet comes down and repeatedly bonks you on the head. And, like, just hard enough to to believe that, like, he's still conscious. Yeah. That it isn't cracking his skull immediately. But if he stays there, it definitely will. Yeah. But definitely hard enough to, to concuss him, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and and certainly enough to, yeah, for like him to be concussed after that first one and to be discombobulated enough to like not really know how to react and get it whacked a yeah. couple more times. Awful. Awful stuff. <laughs> really well done. Just, yeah, <laughs> insult just insult to injury. I, I will say, like, I I do think that they blow their load a little bit early with this whole sequence that you just described or that we just described because I don't <clears throat> I don't think anything else in the movie ever quite lives up to the to the uh, well, the pipe. Yeah, I think I think that the sequence does carry on a little bit further and I think that that's still part of the load blowing, but after that, yeah. Yeah, well, okay, there's yeah, there's a little so bit he, more after this that's still really good. Yeah, he gets out of the he he realizes as he's being bonked with the mallet that like just below his waist level, like behind him, there's an an opening, mm-hmm. and he's able to kind of like stick his butt in it and like wedge himself backwards into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool because he only really finds it because he's forced to slump back because he's getting hit by the yeah. hammer. It's it's like he's just being piped through this like wretched tips, like, line yeah. of torture. Uh, one detail I love is you hear the hammer continue to swing even after he's out of the, <laughs> yeah. the radius, and it has this like silly whoosh sound to it. Yeah, which uh, like in any other film would be silly, 
but it has such like this dark rye. It feels like an insult. To it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like he as he's like wedging himself farther and farther back and backwards like in this tunnel. It's like you can tell he like stops to think about it. It's like what the fuck am I do-? like I'm going backwards like who knows where and he like starts to move forward again and he hears the fucking whooshing of the mallet and he just like stops and then just like yeah starts going backwards again um and then like when he comes out he shouldn't have been going backwards because he does tumble down like a another shaft and like very narrowly avoids getting like his head impaled on some spikes yeah he sort of falls face first yeah, I mean, well, he gets really lucky because the spikes are, like, pressing up against the side of his face. Yeah. And he's, like, hanging upside down. And he has to sort of, like, find a way to, like, wedge himself up, like, out of this this shaft. Yeah, and while he's in the shaft, there's holes in the wall. And that's when he uh, sees... Yes, um, start seeing that there's other, other that there's other people in here. Yeah. Um, and this is where it truly feels like a vision of hell in a yes. lot of senses because all of the other people are in at as much agony as him. Yeah. You know, obviously they have a little more space, <laughs> but like um one of the people mentioned later it's almost like a hell of your own you know, nightmare. Yeah. You know, so obviously he's claustrophobic. So like, right. So he gets everywhere. the tight spaces. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit to when he meets that other character. Uh, you know, he eventually finds his way to this sort of like abattoir where there's just like blood and limbs and viscera and stuff just like laying around mm -hmm. And there's a, a a woman there who is not uh, dead. This this is when this is when the movie says, "Hold up, let's pump the brakes hard for like kind of a while." And I kind of the rest of the movie, yeah, yeah, um, a bit to its detriment, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, I think this say, stuff gets a little less interesting. I, I feel like it plays with time in that sequence mm -hmm. because like. Both characters are, like, nearly falling asleep. Yeah. And they take things down to a standstill, almost, to the point where, like, as a viewer, you feel like you're almost gonna fall asleep, because yes. it's so... I did. ...static. Yeah. yeah. For um, a brief moment, I, I was quickly awoken. Uh, it's not the movie's fault that I that I, 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 I dozed for just a moment. Uh, I, I think happen. it's intentional. <laughs> like, it's trying to lull you to sleep in that no. section. You know, uh, this movie is all about making you feel like the characters are feeling. Yeah. Which is so, exhausted and tired. Yeah, exhausted and, and tired is totally a valid And disoriented. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I no, I and I think I think you're absolutely right that it's that it's by design, and I think that it does that effectively. It's not necessarily what I want from the film at this point, and I do think that while you know there there definitely is like some some more like psychologically spooky and interesting stuff in the rest of the movie like i did find myself missing just like the sort of like primal visceral terror yeah. of like the first half yeah. of of the short film and that's why i wonder what the like 
festival cut or whatever that was half the runtime of this was like what was i i'm guessing they they cut all of this stuff with this this woman down by like a lot a lot yeah i'm curious I about think that so. too they don't have the original cut on the the arrow copy um but considering it's only like 24 minutes i can't yeah. imagine them cutting like the teeth scene no i wouldn't think so either and because like a lot of them like sitting in that or sort of wedged in that space talking it's you know kind of like trying to speculate about like how they might have got there like what this might be what might be going on outside and it's all kind of vague and it's just like it's vague but i will say i did like a lot of the dialogue yeah um i i I like uh well also like i i liked just the the sequence coming into it because people don't meet in the middle of saw traps very often sure like like in movies uh like you get like people encountering each other all the time in like cube-esque films and like in saw 2 for instance they're basically with each other the entire time in other saw films but here you know what it felt like to me this is kind of stupid but um the from soft games are really good at this where they set up this really cold unforgiving uncaring horrific world every once in a while you just you come across a good person in it and there's that that moment of connection and um solace and i think this captured that same feeling incredibly well like that you know like after all after this just this series of alien horrors to then just find another person um who's gotten through it all you yeah. know and and between each, between the two of them they they raise each other's hopes and uh i i like that also I liked um, the information that she brought to the table, though it was vague. I thought it was cool and was setting some cool stuff up. I don't think it necessarily delivered on that promise, but um, uh, she said, I don't know what is out there, but it is dark and it is big. Awesome. Yeah. That's all that, you need to know. That's you know? all I need to know. That gets my brain fucking going. Like, that then has me like... Like, oh, yeah, what is the creature? What is the Minotaur in the labyrinth? What is the monster? There's a Minotaur. Cool. That's great. That's all I need. Um, like, that's good vague. Like, that, that is, that is ideal vague. It it gets my memory, my, you know, it gets my, me fucking going. And then it keeps going. (laughs) And then, you know, their dialogue continues further. Yeah. And at that point, I do agree, but. I like that there's a little bit of payoff with that, like, after they finally decide to move and, like, crawl into, like, the flooded tunnel. Where it's just like just you know the top part of their heads above the the water that's just full of blood and body parts and stuff, and it's like he keeps hearing something like behind them, yeah, and keeps like looking back over his shoulder, just like down into this darkness, and it's like he's thinking about what she said, you're thinking about what she said it's like what is you know the the minotaur is is behind them um there's there's never any like actual payoff with that which i think could be frustrating i kind of don't mind it it reminds me a lot of like house of leaves that's where exactly why i said minotaur yeah yeah where there is that that idea that there might be a minotaur but what does that mean and just like constantly wondering when it's going to show up only for it to never show up is like that's kind of like almost scarier right it's just like that constant 
tension of dread building waiting for a release that never comes. Yeah. I would have liked know? it if there was um, maybe one sequence like this after that further alluded to it, you know, before they got out. Yeah, I will say, I like... Just, I wanted just a little bit more with it. I, I didn't need to see the whole thing. I didn't need to... Whatever, but, like, just a, something else. I mean, you we know? do get some nice kind of allusions to it as he's, like, pushing to get out you know it's almost like sucking everything down yeah the toilet is is being flushed yeah, yeah he does... they, they go into the drain and through the water oh i wanted to mention too during that part where they're kind of sneaking through the drain and the the water and they're 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 up to their like half of their heads in blood and floating limbs in in the in the sewage i kind of realized that like that's what I thought Death Stranding was going to be like. It's like, a game. I was like, that's what I thought. Because, like, that first and second trailer, you know, like, where he's in the sewer and, like, everything. And I was like, that's what I thought that game was going to be. Um, I still haven't played it. I, I have no idea. But uh, maybe, maybe there's some good stuff like that. But um, anyway, I just, sorry, I did want to touch on that. I was like, that's that's what I thought Death Stranding was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I love the sequence where they get near the end and it just drops down into, you know, there's no pocket of air. You mm-hmm. have to dive in. Horrifying. Yeah, um, I like that that POV shot as he's going through underwater, and it's just, like, deep red, and there's just all of these hands that are, like, brushing, like, past the camera as he moves. I will say, too, like, this is, like, a super, super low-budget short film. Yeah. And talk about a fucking accomplishment in yeah absolutely like what they were able to achieve with production such a low, value, low budget yeah, yeah like low budget production value very high production value yeah. very high production value yeah fucking absolutely. awesome and that's my jam man like when people can pull that off it is such a feat it's so impressive this feels like a real fucking movie for sure yeah you know length length aside yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Um, well, we should talk briefly about the ending that I, you know, I, I still am not really sure, uh, what to make of it. It's very abstract. Yeah. Um, he, he basically crawls out of a big toilet. It's like a, a cutout in the floor. And what I kind of love about it is he like pushes his way out and it's just like a normal flat. Like a normal apartment. Yeah. And like the the juxtaposition between basically hell and just this mundane environment is is so striking. Yeah, it's very it's very jarring. Yeah. You know reminded me of a Hellraiser. Uh I can see that a when, little bit. Yeah. You know, she's in like the modern hospital and then the bricks separate and there's just hell. Yeah. On the other side. It it, it reminded me of that a little bit. When she gets it's chased just like, by the big fetus monster. Yeah. Um which apparently is the engineer. Um I watched the making of that the other day and they kept referring to that as the engineer. But weird. Weird. Because it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, sorry, big aside there. But um all that to say, like uh that that idea that hell is right there. You know, it's just behind... Just beneath the surface. It's in between the walls, you know? Like, that's where hell is hiding. Um, it's... Uh, it's the... Hell is the back room, the, I, is what you're saying. You know, <laughs> you, know you know what? I am. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I find the back rooms compelling. 
You know, that's Conce- the conceptually, conceptually, yes. conceptually, that, yes. that word is really important. Uh, that's really important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and so like he's in this just sort of like uh, normal apartment, and he's like he can't get up. He's like so weak from being trapped in these narrow confines. And he's sort of like coming around the corner, and he sees like a, a bloody hand, and we see that like the woman who had gone ahead of him has gotten out too, but she's been stabbed. There's just, like, a knife laying there next to her, and she's sort of, like, lying there bleeding out. And we get, like, some sort of, like, abstract sort of cuts of them, like, together so that it's, I think, implied that they know each other, that they're married or something, and... We get like a a jump like way forward where he's like an old man and he's like out on the roof and he's like hanging up clothes on a clothesline. And then we just get like a shot of like the two of them sitting on a couch together. Well, one important element of that is when they're both in the abattoir, they're trying to convince themselves of, you know, having a reason to live. Right. They're talking about memories. And his was, he talks in a bit of a monologue about these fireworks Mm -hmm. and how, you know, these fireworks just started going off as if they had a mind of their own. And uh, in that sequence with the two of them, we see flashes of fireworks. Yeah. I like it too, because in his monologue, he says something really poetic. And um, uh, I'm really glad I didn't hear it in English. I don't know if it would have worked as well, but it's, it's, um, he says, uh, I heard distant fireworks or I saw fireworks silent explosions over a cold sky or something like that and I over a cold landscape over a cold yeah. landscape yeah like silent silent fireworks or silent explosions over a cold landscape that cool like it's that idea of like recontextualizing reality you know like it's kind of changed and shifted it's not yeah. right so everything's wrong it's cool. It's cool shit, man. Like, I love it. I love, I love poetic stuff like that. I um, think the whole thing is a metaphor for a messy divorce. I think that's what it is. That guy, I'm sorry. I, I, I can see it. You know, I I could also interpret it as, like, they survived, like, a homicide or murder-suicide sort of thing. And, you know, the flashes are having something to live for, to bring him through it yeah to to drag them to drag himself out of hell maybe he maybe he stabbed her yeah well oh yeah we, we didn't touch on that but at the, in that first sequence when he's being dragged back and he's kind of in that weird chair it ends with him looking down and seeing that like around his spleen like there's a yeah like, the wound. whole time yeah he has a wound and he, and he grabs at it and he screams um which kind of and she has she has a wound in the same place when yeah. he finds her later and i think that's yeah. like the stab wound yep um, and yeah, maybe it's supposed to be that he did it to her. And then, so he has the sympathetic wound as well while he's in hell. I don't know. Like, it's a little I abstract. Think, we just watched it. I haven't yeah. had a whole lot of time to reflect on I, it. I but, think this definitely leaves things open and, uh, ambiguous, okay. but in a way that doesn't feel vague or unearned. Yeah. I think it Agreed. works well for what it's doing you know the the narrative itself is very poetic and like that's not really the focus of the short anyways it's more about the sensory experiences 100 mm-hmm. um, i i don't normally like that i don't normally like 
when people say that uh, that it's it's not about the narrative; it's about sensory experiences. Because I've I've seen that weaponized as a postmodern cop out a lot. I know you don't like I don't outwaters or skidamore, but here I agree with it. I agree that because there is, I, I think, just the right amount for me to sure. there is the right amount of narrative to grasp onto, and that it actually is the point. It actually is the intent. It doesn't feel like you're being I lazy. I mean, shit, man. Like, I clearly think... meant something by it, and I'm still trying to unravel it myself, and I, I could have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, I mean... Getting divorced is like going through hell. And, like, shit, <laughs> like... I don't think <laughs> any... boomer humor. Any... Si- silent explosions <laughs> over a cold landscape. <laughs> the cold landscape of my failed marriage. Shut the fuck up. I'm never gonna see my kids again, dog. <laughs> it's so Jover. It's um... so fucking Jover, man. <laughs> but, like, I don't think any other film ha- has me feeling as viscerally grossed out and squirming as much as the tooth scene yeah oh yeah uh, and for that reason alone you can it's get away with whatever price of admission I yeah agree. why don't you slap a rating on there sure um you know i think um this is the second time i've seen it the first time i was equally wowed again uh with the second half of the short uh it does drag a little bit and i think it's very intentional but I was kind of wanting more of the visceral stuff. Um, one thing we didn't mention is the score is fucking awesome. It's like industrial soundscapes of sorts. Yeah. Very dissonant, very noisy, awesome. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Not quite a five just because of the dragging. Uh, but, oh, fuck, man. The teeth. Easy did all of that. Just everything Ben just said. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm about there with you guys too. I think I'm going to go slightly lower and give it a four. Um, just, you know, for, for basically the same reasons we, we just talked about, like, I think it drags Mm -hmm. in the second half and it's just, you know, while, while it's poetic and, and, and I think it's interesting, it's just like, it's not quite as exciting as, as they set the bar in the first half. Like for the first like 20 minutes of this movie, I was like, oh, this is like the best thing I've ever seen. It's yeah. like this is like this is going to be a five for sure. Those, those first twenty minutes might be. Yeah, yeah and and, and, and I, really I do good. I do think it, it lost me a little bit in the second half, but overall, still uh, a really uh, a, a great short. Um, I, I'd be very curious to see the twenty four minute. Cut. Yeah, I would too because that might be perfect. Because if that's as far as like I'm just the yeah. first twenty minutes, all killer, no filler. Like, yeah, that is a five. For Absolutely. Sure. Well, that will give Hayes uh, an average of four point three out of five. Um, so yeah, this was. Uh, this yeah, was... I think this was a fruitful experiment. This was fun. Sure. Oh, yeah, I'm certainly gonna do another shorts showcase again. A short case. Um, going into next year. So. All right. Yeah. Um, well, next week we're moving on to a Patreon pick. Uh, this one comes courtesy of one of our newest pod boys, Jans, friend of the friend of the show, old time guest, and uh, yeah, yeah many time guests, mm-hmm. um, most time guest, I think. I don't know if that's true, um, but uh, Jans has picked for us uh, Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. three. Um, which I actually watched for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you've seen it. I have seen it. I have not. 
you know I'll be baby. It's okay. Yeah. I um uh I, I think there's plenty to talk about. It's yes. it's int- it's an interesting film. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think it's it's really funny that we watched the lake short right before it. It's going to be a very interesting comparison. It's going to be a very think, interesting yeah. comparison. Because I, I was like, the whole time y'all were, we were talking about the lake when I was like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Ben, yeah. do you, do you remember the, the YouTube channel, five second films? Yeah. It's those guys. So, okay. Uh, they, they kickstarted a feature length film. Okay. Um, so it's, interesting. yeah. Uh, I, I think do, I like it. I think yeah. Ben might like it the most. Do with that with what you will. It's like yeah. a two-hour-long YouTube video. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it next it week from 2011, uh, uh, 2014. Yeah, but it, it, it's that era of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So next week will be our our review of Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. So join us. Hell yeah! Sponsor time. Sponsor time. It's the time for a sponsor. This this episode was brought to you by the birthday boy. Sinister. <laughs> the birthday boy. Birthday boy. He's coming. <laughs> Once was... a year, you know the time. He's coming for you to blow out your candles. The birthday boy. That would make a great fake movie trailer yes. ahead of uh <laughs> Lake Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> birthday boy. Um all right, yeah. Well, that'll that'll do it for us this week. Don't forget to leave us a five star review wherever you're listening to this. If you haven't done that already, you can support us at Patreon.com/slash/PodPeoplePod. Shout out to our honorary Pod boys, Sam, Zach, Micah, Mitchell, Jans, and Henry. And I'd like to do something I've never done before and extend a special fuck you to Goomba Sam for. <laughs> Joining the Patreon just to get Discord access and then canceling your subscription. Fucked up. You're fucking lucky that you've been a guest on this show, bucko, or you'd be fucking out of here. I'm watching you. It's on site. It's fucking on site. (laughs) Join. Ask ask for a movie they know I hate. And then leave. And fucking leave. Fucked up fucking piece of shit don't be like goomba sam be like the rest of our wonderful amazing lovely delectable boys delicious honorary pod boys um be yeah be like them (laughs) not like goomba sam um you can also of course follow us at letterbox.com slash pod people pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews in terms of like an extra recommendation, I don't know. Uh, I, I finished watching Scavengers Reign recently. I don't know if I recommended that on the show before. It's really fucking good. It's like a really nice, beautifully uh, animated show on Max. It's really good. Check it out. I I just finished playing this uh, little indie game called Ocha. Um, it's essentially a roguelike hotline Miami. Ooh. Um, it can be a little unbalanced at times, but when you get in the groove, it's really fun. It's one of those games that rewards reckless aggression. It's probably on sale at some point for like 10 bucks. So I am only halfway through it now, but I've been having a really good time with it. Um, I started it ages ago, and then a lot of life stuff came up, and I had to put it down. So I'm, I'm, I picked it back up, and I'm just still enthralled by it. I'm, what I'm, is it? Uh, I'm, drama, tease, I'm building. Um... <laughs> Uh, I've been reading this book called Three Body Problem lately, and it's mm. it's a uh, hard science fiction horror 
uh, book about um, uh, astrophysics and chaos theory. And uh, and if you're a dumb dumb like me and don't know much about that, it does a great job holding your hand through it. I like I like that I like dry, hard science fiction stuff. So it's it's my jam. For sure. All right. Until next time, I'm putting you back in the lake. Yeah. You old fucking piece of shit. Personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I am cold like December snow.